Welcome to Trine Days, The Journey, episode 55, the second half of Chris Mulligan's conversation with Judith Vary Baker. All of a sudden it comes to me that, wow, this lady is doing a heck of a political act here. Here we're celebrating Lee Harvey Oswald's birthday. birthday. We aren't supposed to celebrate Lee Harvey Oswald. We're supposed to hate him. He killed our president. We go from a situation where people are urinating on Oswald's grave to the situation where people are honoring Lee Oswald. And they're putting roses on his grave. And, and something spiritual is happening. We've had the most extraordinary experiences, people feeling chills going up and down their spine. The last, last year when we were out there, they, it was silent. And all of a sudden the wind started, just a minute we put the roses down, the wind came in and everybody got, literally got the chills. It was so in, interesting because uh, Mark Mueller, the attorney, who's he's a tough guy, he was there with a friend and uh, they looked at each other and said, what in heck is this? It's amazing. There's something, what I think it's, you call it karma, whatever you want to call it, but the injustice has been so gross that it has affected, I feel, eternity. And we've got to get it fixed. There's so much mud around the JFK assassination. You have a, a, a national uh, publisher putting out a book that says the uh, Secret Service agent behind him uh, I accidentally shot JFK. Dr. Mary's Monkey and, and your book, Me and Lee, I mean, I always felt that we always got more pushback from the medical side of the story. And uh, any thoughts on that? Of course, uh, because we can trace medical events, can't we? And it's hard to hide them harder. Th there are so many false stories out there that they, I think they thought that this will confuse everybody. And, and then the real thing because it sounds outrageous anyway. What, Lee Oswald was working for the CIA to keep this project honest with uh, Oxer, you know, and he, that he was involved in all this. Well, that sounds so wild and, and, and wooly anyway. But it, look at the book. Look at me and Lee. Look at Lee Harvey Oswald and me. You're going to see. It's, I think it's absolutely fantastic. All the questions that they say they still can't answer after 50 years, they're answered. What happened in Jackson? What happened in Clinton? What happened in Mexico City? When I told uh, Oliver Stone and others, a whole bunch of so-called experts that were in, uh, interrogating me about uh, Raul Aparicio, they looked at me blank. Who's Aparicio? They, they released over 200 pages on him this last time. And this was an important person that Lee worked, uh, tried to uh, contact and work with. And I knew about him and I couldn't believe it. They never noticed because they didn't know the facts. You know, I get a lot of people that they get all upset at me because I, I try and say, well, the CIA, you know, is, is a whipping boy. You can say that the CIA did it and the American public say, okay, you know, because, and, and, and nothing ever happens because, you know, my, my, my daddy was CIA. And I, right now I'm getting a bunch of uh, uh, yahoos out there saying that I'm infiltrating the conspiracy world. And I'm, 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 a, I'm a gay. And like I'm inserting myself with all this stuff. I somehow have inserted myself. <laughs> right. And, you know, and I, I look at it and I see that there, you know, there's a level, you know, above the CIA. I call it the secret societal system where they're able to to reach down and, and they're able to use parts of the CIA. They're able to use parts of the Secret Service. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. My, my crew is you've got Hoover, 
and Johnson, and they're on the bottom because they're they're so blackmailable. You got them in your pocket. You can. Oh make yeah, them, and they do, definitely do definitely whatever knew you want. Us, they knew. And then you've got Alan Dulles, and he's the consigliore. He's the lawyer. He's yeah. been the head of the CIA, and he was right there next to the farm the whole weekend. And then you've got George H. W. Bush and and Nelson Rockefeller, and then they have two friends off to the side. They have Averill Harriman and David Rockefeller. You know, a lot of people, they want to bring in a whole bunch of more people. And I, I say, no, you don't bring those people in. You play those people. You play them off. Don't forget Hunt either and Murkison and those guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, they were money. But again, you, you play them into position. You even make them think that they're carrying water for the act when they aren't. They're just carrying water for the mud because you, you've got to play everybody so that you get away with it. But uh, so... How, how has this affected your, 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 your personal life and with your family? One of my sons he hasn't spoken to me for 23 years. I have five kids. I can't have never seen his children. I, I don't even not real sure what their birthdays are because my own family's afraid to tell me anything about them. Because in the late 90s, you started telling your story. 1999. Prior to that, I had told my family, so they... Uh, didn't want me to speak out. Uh, and basically, uh, uh, right now, I have two members of my family who will have something to do with me. A third is afraid to deal with me because it can hurt him. The hard part is that they will say things like, you don't love us enough. You let us come into danger. Look what's happened to you. Because I've had th uh, threats and uh, attempts on my life, whether people want to believe it or not. It hasn't been easy to stay alive, uh, frankly. I'm surprised I'm still here. It's it, it's it's hard. I mean, I, I understand that I have, you know, members of my own family that, you know, wish I would be quiet uh, too. I mean, I, I understand that dynamic and it's very, uh, you know, we, we live in very, very difficult times. But, you know, I, I'm very hopeful that this information and, and gets out and, and hopefully we can come to an understanding that, you know, we need to do some things differently uh, down here so we have a better future for our children because i mean oh yes why, why are we here i mean what what what's what's what well is, there's there's a universal thing too i mean we've got to stand for three things love truth and justice amen and they are mingled together and this is not just a i i look at this as a uh, bigger than planet earth even because when injustice and evil uh, has a place to fester. It's like a sore on the whole face of the universe. And it's got to be healed. You know, I, I know also on your journey, you've had some very uh, happy times. I mean, what has been the most joy uh, of discovery, you know, uh, of meeting an old witness or whatnot? What has oh. been the most amazing thing on your journey? Well, it can be thrilling. For example, Claudia Roddick, who uh, came out this last time and said she saw Lee at at my apartment so much she thought he lived there. I mean, that's nice to tell the whole world, which he did. So uh, it's touching to me to meet witnesses who finally, there are a number of them who are afraid to speak out. They said, I can tell who they are and what they said after they're dead. I said, oh, great, you know, that's really gonna have impact. But some of them have had the courage and I'm grateful for them. But I'm mostly grateful, really I am for you, Chris. You took a book. This book was going to be published. Uh, Anthony Summers. Now, Tony Summers is, is an important person in this. 
he recommended my book to his own agents in London. They were handling that when two people came over and messed it all up. What was I going to do? I sent it to Ed Haslam. I said, can you, is there any way that you can get this to somebody you trust? Now, I want everybody to know I had written what's called a, a teaser book. That book did not have the information in it. It had a lot of fake information because I was not about to have anybody go, all these enemies, and destroy the evidence or hunt down my witnesses or hunt down these people. But if somebody was interested enough to just talk to me, look at the evidence, and boy, did they. And once they did, a lot of these editors, they, they were afraid of the, uh, to publish my book, but at least they knew who I was and they let some, some books that would have attacked me, they've never been published. Only they've had to self-publish, like, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. So big uh, editors know. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I, I want to talk about a, a book that doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, you're, you're one about uh, um, the science fiction book. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I... It's coming I, to pass, the things I've written in there. Right, right. It, it, well, and, and I really enjoyed your uh, writing style and, and then also uh, the devices that you used. I thought it was a, a very excellent book. And then the other thing about it is that you also in there include about Lee's reading habits and, and whatnot. Why don't you talk a little bit about Lee's reading yeah, habits? Okay. Uh, I would and that book is Letters to the Cyborgs. Well, Letters to the Cyborgs, yes. Uh, what's important is to get his writings out there. We Both of us wanted to be writers, and we've got a lot of proof that Lee wanted to be a writer, so don't worry about that part. But he actually wrote a short uh, a science fiction story called Her Way. Now, it was filled with so much misspellings, and he had dyslexia. And a lot of the words he made up were because he misspelled them. <laughs> but he was had an excellent mind. He, he had a scientific bent. His favorite subject, he uh, uh, often told me, was biology, of all things. We were interested very much in um, everything from what's going to happen to our brains, okay, and uh, to outer space. So I, I'm just very uh, glad that his uh, story got published. In it, you have Alt, for example, one of the main characters. That's based on Alt Knoxner. There it is, ALT, right in print. I, I'm just saying he would have been a good science fiction writer. He knew his science fiction, and I do too. I'm concerned about our future. I've taken things that really have already been developed and that are being used in science now and showing what will happen if we continue without ethics. So what I'm trying to say, I, I'm a Christian. I became a Christian screaming and hollering and denying and everything else. But I had no choice because Christ came to me in a dream. I can't deny it. I'll go to the lions first. So that's the way it is. When you, when you think about Lee. Yeah. Okay. And you see him in your mind's eye. Yeah. Does he have a smile? He came to me in a dream and gave me a very unsexual kiss, which kind of disappointed me. <laughs> but with a peace and the smile. Um, and I knew I finally, I finally had, had the courage to, to stick up for him and tell the world what he was really like and that he was satisfied. What, was, he, was he fun to be with? Was he fun to be around? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Uh, let me give you an example. You know, the people can't see this, but you guys can. So I said, uh, Lee, you know, 
I, I, I'm really, I feel honored now that I know who you really are and how courageous you are and that you were a fake defector. And I feel honored to know you. You're my shining hero. He said, oh, you wouldn't be embarrassed with, about me then. I said, no. He said, well, we were in the bus. He said, well, what if I do this? He put his head out the window. He said, you still want to sit next to me? Sense of humor. When, when you were in New Orleans with Lee, did you meet members of his family or how, how did that work? No, here's the problem. Marina was coming anytime. Now, we, I went to outside the Moretz house and uh, he didn't want me to meet them because Marina was on her way. Well, how is he going to explain this strange woman, <laughs> you know, to, to uh, his family? So, no, I didn't. But I know what their house looked like. I know what the whole neighborhood. It's changed a lot, by the way. And there are places I've, I've been. I know what they originally were like. I know where they went. I know all the lies. That's the thing I can tell when somebody's lying. Riley, for example, um, the FBI goes and in, in, they interview anybody but me, okay? <laughs> you know? But so they interview this guy and he says, yeah, at breaks, he would sit there in a chair and just vacantly stare ahead, smoking a cigarette and Lee didn't smoke. So instantly, I know this guy never knew Lee. I mean, you know, it's just lying. So you want to uh, tell folks about your upcoming book and your upcoming conference? The book is Lee Harvey Oswald and Me. It is the second edition of, of Me and Lee. And what's important is that really you should have both books. There's not evolution. I've been accused of, oh, you've embroidered. It isn't embroidering. It's finding new witnesses and, and uh, new, new facts to back up what you've said. How do people get it? The easiest way is to go to jfkdallasconference.com. And there you can easily order the book. It will be on Amazon too. We're going to have it available on Amazon. But we will always be directing the book to me and Lee as well. Both the books together. I couldn't even put all the stuff that was in me and Lee in this one and then add new stuff. So it's important, really, I think, to have both books. Can people order the new one now? Uh, yes, you can. Um, in fact, we have about six or seven left of what I call the first 100. We've actually asked the printer to take off the first 100 books, send them to me, and they're being sold at $70 each. You can write jfkconferences at gmail.com, jfkconferences at gmail.com. You can get one of these books by, uh, through P PayPal using that email address and, and uh, have books to uh, autograph, you know. If you don't mind, tell yeah. the folks how old you are. I'm 78. If people can get to Dallas. You Take know, vitamins, people. <laughs> yeah, uh, Come on down to uh, Judith's conference. You know, you'll, you'll learn a lot. You'll meet some very nice people. That's <laughs> November. That's, that's uh, November, um, November 19, 20, and 21. You can register. Guess where we're going to be, Chris? Where? We're going to be at the Magnolia with this flying horse. Where, where the enemies of Kennedy used to meet, you know, the petroleum company there and everything, right? Within walking distance of Dealey Plaza, it's a gorgeous place. We never thought we could afford it, but we've been getting help. Oh, great, wonderful, so, wonderful. So uh, any, any last words, Judith? Just want you to know that this has been a difficult journey and that it has basically consumed my life. Lee only asked one thing of me, he said, Please tell my little girls that I was a good guy. That's all he asked of me. And I put it off for 35 years because of fear and, and my children and everything. And then I felt like a coward. And when I saw the film, 
JFK, it says you're a coward by silence if you don't speak up. I'm not a coward. No. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judith, very much. Onwards. God bless you all. Bye-bye.